Rock the Ripple. Rock the Ripple. The Rock the Ripple Podcast with Narita McInnes. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rock the Ripple podcast. I'm your host, Narita McInnes. It is so awesome to be here with you as always. And today is another very exciting day because I have a very special guest. She is a teacher, a tarot reader, a psychic medium, an astrologist. She works with flower essences. There is so much more to this awesome woman. She is the beautiful inside and out. Sophia Palmer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Narita. It's an absolute pleasure. Oh, I'm so grateful to connect with you today and I know that it's going to be an epic conversation. So <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> yeah, I can feel it too. We're both feeling the energies today. So mm-hmm. maybe before we dive into all the nitty gritty and all the good stuff, well, we'll start with some more good stuff. Maybe for people who haven't uh, come across you before and don't know much about you, did you want to share a bit more about you to start? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been a psychic medium for, well, I've been a a medium since I was 11 and I'm in my mid thirties now. So quite a while, but I have been a a student of tarot and astrology for 20 years, coming up on 20 years in, in May this year. And it's been an absolute wild journey of really trusting yourself and your intuition fiercely, like, especially last year, it was a big big learning for me but I am a teacher I work with flower essences as a healing modality I have worked in Reiki uh, with Reiki in the past um yeah I'm just I'm really excited to be here to to offer some insight and wisdom and I think especially um myself as an occultist and it's I love discussing things like this with people like yourself in your community because we can really dive into the symbolism and break things down archetypically. Um, so I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited too. I'm so excited. And, you know, you, like you just said before, you started your psychic mediumship, I guess you could call it, at the age of 11. Like what did that even look like? Like, you know? So I... um what happened was is my great grandfather died and we were pretty close and I was upset because he died a few days after my birthday and I didn't get a chance to ring him back and say thank you for sending a card with money and um he visited me after his passing and he stood at the edge of my bed and I was terrified but he gave me words of comfort and then I calmed down and then from there on it just opened up a floodgate. I would go to friends' houses and I would see spirits in the corners and then they would kind of be like, oh, I've got a funny feeling. I'm like, yeah, there's a little girl over there and this happened to her and this and this and this. And wow. yeah, it was just, it just kind of snowballed from there. But it was, it was a very intense experience to have at 11. And especially, I guess, in our society today, we don't really like this sort of thing is either poo-pooed or you're thrown in a psych ward. So it's, you're either crazy or completely dismissed. And yeah, it's very much, I guess, that witch wound of, of existing on the edge of the fringes of society and having these gifts and kind of standing at the watchtower to, to look over the collective and look at what's happening and see things for what they are. It's, it's definitely confronting. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. And can you turn it on and off then? Because I can imagine, you know, you might be going out with friends one night and you're just seeing 
uh, people everywhere that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I can turn it on and off now, but at the when I, in my teens, I could not turn it off. It was mm. just, it was an onslaught. It was, yeah, a very, very intense experience because especially moving into my teens, that's when I started seeing darker forces and, and also light beings as well, but darker forces. And that was definitely confronting and, and terrifying. But then also it's very much the hero's journey where you, you know, I guess like it's a kind of an eye of the tiger montage where you kind of learn how to deal with them and then you fight them and then you're an absolute boss. Like <laughs> I was a badass at 15. Like, yeah, it was, it was an intense period. <laughs> That's so impressive. I'm like, I'm picturing you like with you, like a thing on like Rambo, like put down, put down. 100%. <laughs> Flaming sword. Yeah. It, yeah intense oh I can imagine it would be but I guess you know like we're all born with these gifts so for you you can obviously see and when you're seeing this is a question I always have when I'm talking to really gifted psychics and things is it that you're seeing with your mind's eye or you seeing actually um, apparitions and things like that or that's a good question so I see it like I do see it I see it with my third eye, but it's almost like there's an overlay or like a screen over my eyes, like over my physical eyes. And so I, I'm talking to you, but then I'm also at the same time, I'm also getting visions. Sometimes I would say the visions and the apparitions can come through, through the mind. Mm -hmm. um, it will drop into my head, but then there are some things that I will see as an, like an overlay, I guess you could call it a filter or a lack of filter really yeah. if we're getting down to it. Yeah. Um, so for example, if I was look, really looking at you, I would see your aura, I might see what's in your biofield, like biofield mm. is another word for aura. But um, yeah. yeah, I guess that's that's a simple way to explain it. Mm, yeah. And do you feel as well? Because I'm, I'm a real feeler. Yeah. So oh, I, have all, all. I have all the Claire's. It's, you it's have all, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think that I'm definitely, I mean, my son is in cancer. I'm very sensitive, emotional and empathetic. And yeah, I, you know, I think it was a really interesting process in my teens, figuring out what was mine versus what I was picking up from, mm. you know, other friends, family members or the collective, like knowing when something's going to happen before it happens or, mm. or feeling a mass loss of lives at once, that sort of thing that's yeah. a bit intense yeah that would be that would be and as I'm looking at you now so for people who are watching this they might be listening or they might watch oh like I'm seeing your aura as well moving around very bright and beautiful so that's lovely <laughs> <laughs> likewise <laughs> very um very expansive but then the light is shining very brightly out from within your core your heart space and it's like I can see very clearly the very strong light beams and it's like those light beams I can see them and this is again where I'm I'm kind of tapping into what's dropping into my head it's mm. like your light beams reach I'm hearing across galaxies so I'm, I'm both <laughs> seeing and hearing now it's like it reaches across galaxies so that's how potent you are <laughs> oh wow so that must be right a reflection then you and I together we're doing it <laughs> just a few yeah. galaxies nothing too crazy no. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is so cool there's so much that I want to talk to you about so um I guess one of the other things that I'd love to chat to you about and um 
let me know if you feel like this is a good time to just dive into it is we're at the start of 2024 and thank mm. you for being my first uh chin wag for oh, the yay. start of the year Yeehaw. oh I'm so happy yay, yeah awesome yeah so that's awesome as well so um what does I guess with your astrology as well I mm-hmm. I guess um maybe a quick sort of overview for some people who may not be too familiar with astrology and then maybe we can look at um what 2024 looks like what it brings and what is on your heart around that that's dropping in for that both astrology wise and psychic wise and all that sort of stuff Mm. yeah so that's a it's so firstly what I want to say is is that when we're talking about the year I guess we're we're talking about 2024 as a year but if you if you're really talking about the start of the actual new year we can argue it's either I think it's both I think it's um the lunar new year uh which happens my god my brain's going blank at the moment but it's late January early Feb from memory um mm-hmm. um or we can go into astrological year which is the 20th of March um I feel both. I mean, but at the same time, I guess if we're talking about uh, 2024, collectively we agree, even though it may not feel like the new year, collectively billions of people agree 2024 is the start of the year. So Mm. that's the energy that we're tuning into. Now, as far as this year astrologically, it's a really big year because we have Pluto moving into Aquarius. That for me is, I think, and most astrologers are speaking about this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Pluto is a planet of, of deep transformation. It's an alchemical process where we we die, we are reborn, and from those flames we are reborn significantly changed, charged up and empowered in, in our glory. But first we have to go through that alchemical fire. And the thing is, is that Pluto is a very slow-moving planet, so it moves it has an orbit around the sun of every 248 years. So the last time Pluto was in Aquarius was in the 1700s around the time of the French Revolution and also the time when Australia was colonised. So what, like, astro- astrology is all about cycles of time. And so if we're looking at the current time we're moving in now, we can reference the time of the past to see what themes are coming through this year. So we could say revolution is definitely coming through the next 20 years. I think this year, especially, you know, with client lists being released um, and especially with Pluto coming into Aquarius, Aquarius being a sign of where we're moving away from being an individual and we're focusing out on the collective, but we're also decentralizing from things like big systems of power, like banks, for example, that we might, I think, we're definitely going to see um, a change in currencies, but I do say currencies plural because I plural because I also believe that we're going to have micro currencies or bartering systems where we're really interested in going back to back to a more fair system rather than and again decentralizing from major power of the banks and other things that control the banks. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> um that was a bit of a ramble but Pluto and Aquarius is going to bring about massive change and the thing is about this transit is that it lasts for 20 years so for some people this is the last Pluto transit they'll see for their lifetime and for others will maybe have 
one one more transit of Pluto in our lifetime. So this is so Pluto is going to be here for a while, and Pluto moving into Aquarius looks like. I wrote a whole bunch of things down and I could talk about pollution and Aquarius for an hour. So I'll try and keep this brief, but that's great. The time, like just in my personal opinion, looking at the charts and also think like pondering on Pluto and Aquarius, I think we're going to see a real shift into us recognizing our multidimensional nature. Mm-hmm. And because Pluto is a sign uh, of great transformation and change and it's, let's say it's dismantles power structures. So I think what we're going to see is that the veil is pulled down, curtains are dropped and we're not controlled so much by media and society. And we recognize our multidimensional infinite nature. Mm. And then from that place, we're starting to get into frequency medicine and we understand our frequency and how potent and powerful it is and also our life force and where it is we put our energy and attention and awareness and how that has the ability. To, we have the ability to create worlds, but I think over the next 20 years, we're really going to see that. However, that's the natural version of Pluto and Aquarius, but the dark occult are aware of this and so they're bringing in AI to to be there to be the god the one that knows everything and so we once again give away our power but hopefully look some people will choose that there's we obviously have free will and choice but for those of us on the path it's about us really coming into our multi-dimensional nature working with frequency and like you know, frequency medicine is the future. That's what I do with flower essences. That's a form of frequency medicine. But, mm. you know, you think about Rife machines or healing, um, the Healy device. We're going to, I think we're going to see a lot more technologies um, based around frequency, like healing specific organs. Um, and also even just from a German new medicine perspective, looking at what caused this illness in the first place and then shifting it from that level of frequency Mm. that was a that was just like I I I could seriously talk about Pluto and Aquarius for hours that's just (laughs) off the top of the dome yeah Um, oh love it bloody love it Sophia it's awesome and I love what you're saying about frequency as well too because you know I'm all about frequency shifting obviously shifting frequencies all the time but yeah when we're intentional about it we're conscious and we create that so not only do we do it ourselves and use the power of our vessel and our multi-dimensionality um, we can use the tools that are available which are probably already um, created uh, these um, frequency shifting medicine um, mm. they're uh, definitely machine. fighting that technology a hundred percent yeah and that's also what we're going to see is that another thing I'll say is that I'm I'm certain that we're going to see over the next 20 years technologies that they've hidden from us like free forms of energy, again, decentralizing from these systems of power and control. We've moved from Pluto and in Capricorn where it is about those those structures of, of power and authority um, and moving into a more decentralized place of, of sovereignty. So mm-hmm. sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. I love it. That's that's great. I mean, that's the thing. Like this, And this is why I think, you know, you and I were talking a little bit off air before as well, like, the excitement that's building like there is a lot of energy uh, on both sides of the coin I guess you could say yeah um and there's so much happening and I guess 
when we're conscious and aware of um, ourselves and know ourselves well, we can we can be aware of where we're at and how we can contribute to the whole. Like, what are you feeling into that and that sort of thing? Um, so that's a really good question because what I was about to say is when we're focusing on frequency, and I guess this also applies to natural law and cause and effect, everything we do personally has a ripple effect to not just ourselves but even the people closest to us like we we morph and change um physically according to the people who we're in in closest proximity to but if you're speaking about a frequency shift everything that we do and work on within ourselves has the ability to shift the entire collective Mm. so that's why like bringing this information out into the public bringing this occult knowledge to the mainstream without it getting corrupted and, and inverted mm. is important because it means that we have the ability to consciously affect the collective for the good, the highest good and, and best good of our evolution and this planet. So that's really exciting, I think. And we're definitely going to see that with Pluto and Aquarius over the next 20 years. Again, there will be that dark occult overlay of AI, but, and, you know, we can even see the the light in the AI as well. There is, of course, light and dark and everything, but... Mm-hmm you know, that polarity shift, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a really exciting, transformative, things will never be the same. Like we can't go back. It's yeah. yeah I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm actually excited for the chaos as well. Yeah. Uh, it is exciting. I mean, we came here for this time, didn't we? We came yeah. here for this time. And I love what you said as well, because that's what I do too. When I'm working with people where everything begins within so mm-hmm. that is the stuff we have the power to create what it is we want to create and all of us have our own paths and journey and um, hero's journey to go through mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff so we're all exactly where we need to be uh, and then we have that ability to um, yeah come together and like it's great having you sort of um, I guess confirm with the astrology side of things, you know, well, this stuff is happening. Um, and whether you believe in astrology or not, it's still going to unfold. <laughs> and they, that shit makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Like I've been, because I've observed the transits over 20 years, it's just, it's inherent. It's so obvious. Like I can, I don't need to look at charts. I can just pay attention to the collective and what's, or even just in the mundane, what's going on day to day, or even look at the weather, um, or even just look at the moon. And I know, you know, where the transits are at the moment. It's just, yeah, it's such a, such a beautiful um, mode of study and cult science. I love it. Mm, yeah it's it's so cool and I I love learning about I mean my brain like I'm saying to you before like I don't remember all the bits but I understand when someone's talking about it if that makes sense so yeah I'm so grateful that you're here is there anything you want to sort of add I mean I know because there's so much there on astrology and then I'm like oh but I want to talk about flower essences and I want to talk about psychic medium stuff and like so there's so much there tarot as well so Yeah. Um, so uh, do you want me to expand a bit more on, on major transits for this year? I reckon. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Are you feeling okay. it? Yeah, I, I sure am. I um, know you are. <laughs> I, I Look, I wrote a whole bunch of notes because I, I do like to be prepared for these things. And, um, oh, God, let me have a look. Um, there's also 
So on the 20th of April, we have a very exciting transit, which is Jupiter conjunct Uranus. Mm-hmm. And so Jupiter is a planet of expansion. Anything it touches, it expands. It's considered a great benefic. So it's generally a positive thing. Um, I'm, I'm also looking, I haven't actually looked at the charts for, I'm getting ahead of myself, like Jupiter um, can, uh, trining Pluto. Let me get to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> one thing at a time yeah. <laughs> um so jupiter conjunct uranus is going to be a really exciting transit so that happens on the 20th of april and that's going to be really beautiful because uranus is a is a planet of deep change it basically comes through and it's like this is stale this is old this isn't working anymore even if you think it is it's like no 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 we're working in divine order so i'm going to strike it down with a big lightning bolt and that things are going to shift and change. So Jupiter conjunct Uranus as a transit is speaking to a massive uh, breakdown, a shift, a change of some sort, but it being an exciting opportunity for us to shift our perspective, to shift our thinking, rather than getting freaked out or nervous or unsettled about change, we actually get excited and we can feel into the expansion and possibilities that the great reckoning of Uranus, of what it brings. It's like, cool, you've cleared the decks for me. Now I get to expand. Now I get to create consciously. So it's it's very much a spiritual transit because we can really think expansively, philosophically, and we can get excited about what is it that I want to get innovative with? How do I want to really shift my path radically and take responsibility and take charge of my life for the highest and best good of myself and humanity? Because Uranus is connected to humanity and Jupiter is connected to, um, I guess, philosophy and also natural law. So it, it, it is interesting. I do think that this is going to be a year where people come back to natural law and common law, especially as they see the kind of curtain fall and they see the great corruption um, in government and celebrities and everything that they're invested in, um, they see it all collapse. It's like, we'll come back to natural law because it's the only law that actually matters. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And for those who, you know, are listening and they'll say natural law, what does that mean? What does that mean, Sophia? So, I guess a very short explanation is natural law is moral law. So it's a law that is, it's a truth that is, it is the truth. There's no, there's no um, objective. There's no objectivity with natural law. It is just the truth. So you have natural law um, locally, as far as what country you're on and, and those natural laws. But I guess, natural law as far as moral law is speaking to I guess you could call it the law of cause and effect if we're going to break it down there are seven natural law hermetic principles um, from mm-hmm. the Kabbalion but if we're going to break it down natural law is cause and effect about mm-hmm. everything and we were speaking about it before like every step you take has a ripple effect every move you make every word you speak has a ripple effect and so there are going to be karmic consequences for when you step out of alignment but it's not going to be an instant karmic reaction it's more so something we're going to see manifested in the collective or that's locked into cycles of time that you'll experience in the next life Mm. 
mm. so it's a calming smack from something in the past. Yeah. Um, I guess that's a, a very short answer to a very long Good question. Um, but something I wanted to say as well is that I believe na- like natural law is inherent within us. Mm. We know when we are doing the wrong thing, it's like before we we t- make a move or take action, we can feel it. If we're actually present in our bodies, you can feel it. There's something in the air. There's something, there's maybe a little voice. You're in, in a Jiminy Cricket saying, mm, that's not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You can feel, like you can, maybe the, the air gets tense or stale or, and you can also feel this as well. Like when you go out into country and you're in a place you shouldn't be, Mm. you can feel it in the air you can you things feel tense and still and there are eyes watching you and it's like you shouldn't be here it's very much that yes Uh, I guess like that's a bit of a short ramble on on natural (laughs) yeah no I love it I love it and I love what uh, Mark Passio says too like I think it's him that just brings it down to do not harm Exactly. Do yeah. no do no harm. Like I don't. Yeah. I literally do not harm flies. Yeah. I will. Like I have fruit flies in my kitchen at the moment because we had our um, scrap bin um, outside very close and it just let all of them in. But I will trap them and then yeah, release them, them outside. Out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just yeah. I'm I'm always thinking about in every single moment. I I truly live by natural law in the sense of. How is my words, my actions, my thoughts, how is this affecting my reality and how is it affecting people around me? Because Mm. here's the thing with natural law, the reason why it's important to be morally correct is because when we're out of alignment, it affects everybody. Mm. So it's not just, they're not just personal consequences for you, they're collective consequences. And we're seeing at the moment collective consequences of our misdeeds and our inaction. Mm. Where we're, we where so we haven't spoken up say against genocide happening right now or mm. we haven't or you know like something I do everywhere I, I walk is I believe in the principle of leaving a place better than the way you found it so every time I go for a walk I always pick up rubbish and I mean mm. like even the tiniest bits of plastic that are you know, no bigger than your thumbnail, mm. I'll pick up rubbish everywhere I go because I believe in cleaning up mm. my environment and creating a positive ripple effect. And even if it's just me doing it, it will have a positive ripple effect. It's like someone sees me doing it and then they're inspired to do the same thing. Or I see an old lady doing the same thing. We have really good chats about about this process. So yeah, just some two cents about natural law. Yeah, no, that's I love that. I love that, and you're right because it does create that ripple effect. And when you are um, aligned with that, that frequency, like you're going to the shop. That's what I always think. You know, like you're going to the shops and you, you go to the grocery store, or whatever, and how your frequency is, your aura, like that spreads out. You're just absolutely, you, and that's just. You know, even just a smile to someone who might, and they might have been having the shittiest day. I mean, I oh. always say that, but like just a smile to someone can turn their day around. You know, you don't know what they're going through and things like that. And that creates a ripple effect, you know? Precisely. And and, and that's such a small D, but it has, it can mean the world to that person. Or say, mm-hmm. um, speaking to an old person who doesn't get much company, it's like that interaction means the world to them. Like something yes. I did during the start of the pandemic is to, I made a conscious effort to smile at everybody I met and especially to make friends with 
with the old people in my neighborhood and mm. I was living in a in a Greek neighborhood in Melbourne so I got to know all the yas and, and yeah, it was so funny they were like are you Italian I'm like yeah um, and they were like oh we're, we're Greek Italians are the same Greeks and Italians we're the same we're the same it was very cute um yeah it's just I, I really believe in in making that positive difference where you can because similarly when you're when you're in a really shitty mood um, or when you're in a vibration of constant fear or deep anger, like for example, um, I've had instances where I felt deep rage for days to the point where I've created entities. Mm. And so it's like, and that's the thing as well. People feel victimized by entities and all those things. It's like you created that you or you you have a gap in your biofield that allowed that in rather than pointing the finger outwards. Why don't you look inwards and see why that entity had access to you in the first place? What was the agreement? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I guess you would see that um, hugely with your work is, is mm. that sort of thing. I mean, well, depending on the people that you attract as well, yes. um, because I mean, that's the thing uh, entities do, they see the cracks and they come in and they, they can also, they know where your little pain points are as well. So they can, you can also have those sort of um, thoughts come in that aren't necessarily your thoughts too. So you have to be really conscious and aware of your self-talk. And if something doesn't sound like you, then it might not be you. So you, I, I yeah. have a good, I have a good example of that. Um, I had an entity attachment years ago and I'm generally a, a, a person, I, I love, I adore love. And when I see couples, and I was very single at the time, and I had been single for a couple of years, um, I adore couples. But I remember when I had an entity attachment, I was looking at a couple kind of um, like holding hands and canoodling a little bit. And I was just deeply angry and disgusted. And I just felt this like black rage towards them. And I was like, whoa, that is not me. Usually when I see couples together, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, and, and that's because we need the frequency of love in this realm to lift us up collectively as a consciousness. Mm. Um, or in, in saying that, you know, we also don't want to buy too much into collective conscious, consciousness. We also want to maintain our inner frequency as well and not go along with the herd, especially when the herd is getting herded into an incinerator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, well, let's talk about, so, um, oh my gosh, where do I go here? So I, where, where what's happening now what's happening now after the 20th of April what can do you feel people can expect like because when you sort of said the herd there's also different timelines there's always different layers as well like you know there's no just one answer for everything or any, anything is there yeah so gosh this is it's such a big question um yeah okay so where do I go from here Can you repeat the question? I just I, I don't to... even know what my question was. Let's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's like okay, you know, you know, what, I got it. Um, when you're speaking about timelines, twenty twenty four is a really interesting year because I, in my opinion, I believe twenty twenty four is maybe our most pivotal year of the decade. Mm. And what I mean by that is that twenty twenty five for me is when things are getting locked in, you've made your choice and that is where you're being led down the conveyor belt gotcha. either which way. But 2024 is a pivotal year because it's like, all right, if do you want to change your reality? Are you ready to be aware that you're a conscious creator of your universe, that you're an infinite being 
where gods and and all other beings that we you know people pray to actually jealous of us and and the, the abilities we have and people don't recognize this but from this state what reality are you creating for yourself and the collective so for example are you buying into the fear of of a digital currency and not thinking okay from another perspective how about we come up with our own bartering system or how about we come up with our own currency mm. um and and being an innovator and being an active conscious creator in your reality or what else do i want to say about this um oh gosh i lost my train of thought um okay so another perspective is is that if we allow ourselves to go along with, you know, the thoughts and processes and programs that we have at the moment, that's mm -hmm. going to lead us to the conveyor belt of locking ourselves in versus if we examine ourselves and if we have the courage, I believe like a key word for this year is courage to look at ourselves, look at our shit, look at our programs, look at our, let's call them inner demons or, or snarled beasts mm -hmm. within us. And we approach them with love and gentleness and we deprogram ourselves and reprogram ourselves with what it is we want to create, then we can have a magical 2024 and beyond. I really do believe that we're going to see mass split timelines this year because everything that we, we're going, every which way that we're going this year is all based off of our programming. Mm. So if you don't clean up your side of the street, if you don't clean up your inner karma, and really look from a natural law perspective at how am I creating my reality and how am I actually creating this victim mode? And do mm -hmm. I even want to be there? Victim mode has no place in 2024. And if you carry that with you, I promise you there will be some karmic smackdowns mm -hmm. and, and you'll just go deeper and deeper into that victim mode consciousness. And I do want to say to people, you can't rescue those people who are deep in that mode. They must rescue themselves. Step away from people who are in victim mode and let them figure it out for themselves and come back to you and focus on what can I do. And also if I'm seeing this victim mode consciousness here, maybe there's something within me that also has a victim consciousness. And how can I shift that? Again, you spoke about it yourself. When you do the work from within, it truly does create a ripple effect. But we also don't want to fall into solipsism where we're navel gazing um, for the sake of I'm doing this for the collective. But, mm. you know, you're not, you know, there, there are conscious action steps that you can take, for example, calling up your council and complaining about fluoride in your water or towers attached to your our mains water supply, which is insane. That's insane. So I guess all, all of that to say is that you it really is a choose your own adventure year mm. based off of your programs, your frequency and vibration. And it is your responsibility as to how you shift that and also shift things collectively, like not just again navel gazing, but thinking about how do I want to be a conscious creator for this entire collective and humanity? Because you said it yourself, we were born into this time. We chose this time. We didn't just come here to navel gaze. And for, like people are talking about this year being a year of manifesting, but it's not about manifesting. It's about being recognizing that you are a, are a, conscious co-creator with the universe and that you're creating worlds with with your words mm. and with your with your vibration frequency and 
you can shift entire realities. You can collapse timelines and build new ones at will. Mm. So it's not about manifesting a car, a house or a relationship. It's about manifesting an entire reality for yourself and a collective. And especially because we are coming down to that narrowing point of you choose this conveyor belt or that one. I mean, there are a couple of conveyor belts, not two, but yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, I, I guess it's choosing your own adventure with consciousness mm. and also willing to step up to the plate with courage to face if we, if you can face what it is that's going on within you, clear that karmic debt mm-hmm. and really reprogram yourself very consciously, manifesting is is like a, a blink of an eye. It, that's, a, that's just nothing in comparison to what it is you can truly create. Mm, yeah. Oh, you're speaking my language, Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I mean, that's the work that I do as well. I help people reprogram their subconscious mind. And it's yes. because when we do that, we're consciously creating. And it's just, I love what you said as well too, because I feel that and I, I know I can feel it um, around me too, is the word courage. Yes, like It takes courage to look in the mirror and look at yourself and the bits that you don't like about yourself. It takes courage to step up and stand in your power. But when more mm. of us do that, that is the shit that's um, shifting the collective. That is the stuff that's um, allowing us to to be all that we came here to be. So you're, you know, it's it, uh, the way I see it, it's not as... Um, crazy when you start with yourself I mean that's where you have to start anyway but you don't it's not so overwhelming everything else that's going on in the world because you're doing your part you do everything that you can you take responsibility for yourself and that is how you shift things isn't it absolutely and also if you're taking responsibility for yourself the people closest to you are going to start taking responsibility for them for themselves and then that ripples out into the people that they're close to and and then that's how we see a shift in the collective. So if you're taking responsibility for yourself and you're cleaning up your side of the street, that is you doing work for the collective. And also you can make phone calls to Penny Wong and tell her to do something about a genocide in Gaza. Yeah. You can do both. You can do both. Absolutely. hundred percent. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. All right. What's on your notes? Have a look at your notes. I want you to have a look. What's there? <laughs> Cause I don't want to miss anything. Oh my God. Um, I've got more astrological notes, but that could take, oh, actually, you know, one thing I will mention is like, is we have Jupiter moving into Gemini, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really exciting. So we have Pluto moving into Aquarius and Jupiter moving into Gemini. So we're shifting from um, earth signs of Capricorn and Taurus into air signs of Aquarius and Libra. And so that means that we're shifting from things feeling a bit slow and dense. Like last year was very much, I consider it like the slingshot being pulled back. Mm. We kind of, we all had to do a lot of inner work and rest and and take our time with things. But this is a year where we catapult forwards and air is quite quick. So this is a year where we're really going to see things rapidly shifting. Mm. Um, And Jupiter and Gemini is really exciting transit because um, we're coming into I think it's going to be a real emphasis on media. So I would expect your podcast to explode around that time for sure. Um, I was hoping. Um, but, Rock that ripple. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, we're, we're going, I think we're going to see both the collapse of the media and the, and what I was saying before about I, 
get finally getting to my point of um, Pluto and Aquarius trining Jupiter in Gemini. I, in my opinion, I think it's going to bring about um, the curtain really being and the curtain, the blindfold being pulled off of people and really seeing that our current media for what it is and the lies, because Pluto is all about exposing lies. Mm. Um, I think we're going to see um, just a mass collective uncovering of the lies in the media and who's pulling the strings behind. Um, and also I think that's also orchestrated. They're, they're telling us what's going on. They have to. Mm. Um, but in that time, I think it's going to be really exciting because it's going to bring a mass pop-up of people having their own forms of media. Mm. And then we can really turn to people, people doing it on a small scale, people who we can trust um, and sharing information that way. So it's yeah, very exciting. Yeah, no, it is. It is, isn't it? It's just so exciting. I, I can't wait to see how that sort of unravels, like, and how it will look, you know? Mm, yeah. Sure. Sure. All right, what else you got? What else you got? Because there's... <laughs> oh, um, I think that's... I think I'll leave it there as, astrologically right now, like... Uh, yeah um Feels a something, good yeah I think um it's interesting what I do want to say is about um looking at the tarot of 2024 is quite interesting so we have the strength card and that's the um corresponds to the number eight because 2024 boils down to the number eight um so what's really interesting about strength you know we we're talking about courage Another word um, for strength and courage is forza, and that's Italian, and it, and it basically means uh, willpower, courage. It also speaks to life force and the and the willpower to move forward in, into the phase of victory. So, and and the reason why I say in Italian because it has all of those meanings, and also that in itself has a frequency and vibration. Um, so. What all this means is, you know, going back to what I was saying before, it's a really good time for us to face our inner demons, our inner beast, and to people love to do shadow work, but they also love to stay there and identify in, in that space. And that's not what I'm saying, but I am saying look at what is going on within you, resolve that. And also I, I do believe that this is going to be a year, big year of forgiveness Mm -hmm. um and I, I haven't seen many people talking about this but these are just my own psychic insights I believe it's going to be a, a really big year of forgiveness because it's such a heavily karmic year I believe that it's going to be a really good year to resolve issues within us that we have with other people or situations situations where we felt victimized because in those, in those states of victimization or in, in places where we're still holding that energy, that is where our life force resides. Mm. And so that forgiveness, it's not even necessarily about forgiving that person saying what you did was okay. It's just about saying, I'm not keeping my energy, my life force here. I'm choosing to see the lessons and the blessings in this situation. Even if it's okay from this terrible situation, I chose to rise up and find my forza, my power, and my courage to move forward in the direction of my dreams. Mm -hmm. And, and it's in, in resolving that karmic debt, we free ourselves and our life force returns to us. And then we have this huge creative surge to do what we want with our lives. So it's, it's really potent time. I feel 
I just, I feel really excited. And also shadow work and looking at it in a demons is not fun. It's, and it, you know, and, and we're definitely going to have feelings of resistance to forgiving some people, or we may not even feel ready, but in my opinion, this is, you know, how I was talking about this year being a pivotal year. Mm. If we can have the courage or the forza to look at ourselves and look at where it is that we're still holding resentments and unforgiveness, we can gather up our life force again and be really conscious co-creators of our reality and just create magic mm. rather than keeping ourselves limited and stuck and stuck in these karmic loops. Mm, I so feel that too. <laughs> so I feel that it's it, it's so exciting. And the thing is, like the forgiveness as well. Like you were saying, it's not just forgiving the others; it's also maybe forgiving yourself too, and just really letting yourself let go of whatever it's been. And like you said, you don't have to forgive, so it's okay. No. Um, but you forgive to call back your life force. I love that. I love mm -hmm. that. Yeah, and yeah. It's and also as well, like. You know, if you're having trouble forgiving someone, recognize as well that they're dealing with their own inner demons and mm -hmm. they've got their own battles. And then you can kind of melt into compassion, softness and go, we're all just fighting our own battles. And at the end of the day, we can choose with our, with our conscious free will to, to hold that energy, to demonize them, or we can choose. And this is harder, but it's also ultimately ends up being easier because we create for ourselves if we can reach that place of forgiveness and we clear that debt mm. then our children don't have to suffer and then we don't have to suffer when we cycle back into the same scenario mm. yeah we can create new we can create new realities which mm. is ultimately i think where we want to go absolutely we're such powerful beings aren't we we're just sure. so bloody powerful that's the thing we really are um Oh, and you know, so um, is there anything else with the tarot? Because you teach tarot as well, don't you? Yes. Yeah, so I, um, I'm actually putting on a workshop in a couple of days. It'll be Wednesday the 17th. Um, and it's going to yeah. be a big transmission into the tarot numerology and astrology of 2024. And I'm also bringing on my friend, mentor, um, and just absolute mystic and legend, Sarah Baeda, who is, in my opinion, one of the very best teachers you could go to for spiritual knowledge and empowerment and energetic, energetic awareness. Um, so she's going to be giving us a really beautiful activation meditation to catapult us into 2024. So I mean, going quite in depth into that and, and definitely giving, um, I'm pretty good at giving fiery sermons mm. and rousing motivational speeches to really give people a kick up the bum to, to take charge of their life. Like this is not the year to mess around. That was 2023. We've had our rest. Mm -hmm. We've had our time. And that doesn't mean that we, we can't have periods of rest this year, but this is going to be a year, like I said, because of that elemental shift into air, things are going to move very quickly. So it's like kind of like in tarot, you have this card, the eight of wands, and it's basically these wands moving through the air. And there's that's symbolic of a lot of opportunities coming towards us. So it's up to us to again, not be navel gazing or in victim mode that we can look up and we can be positive and we can catch those wands in the air and use that to, to move forward in our power to an incredible transformative and abundant 2024, because it is going to be a year of abundance. Like mm. something I discussed with 
um, Madeline on Sky to Earth conference um, a couple of weeks ago in our astrology yeah. chat. Shout um, out to Madeline, by the way. Shout out yeah. to Madeline and Dale, legends, Dale, absolute legends. legends. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all all complete legends. Um, yeah. I, I love being part of that space. I'm very, yeah, very too. proud to, yeah, be aligned with them. Um, so in the, in that call, we were looking at um, the chart for 2024 for Australia. And so there is talk of, okay, things are things are going to be looking a bit tight money wise for australia i think we're going to see some big shocking shifts mm. about i think it's probably got to do with superannuation and what's going on there and probably some other nasty surprises i'm guessing more debt for australia and then also okay they want us to pay up and it's like no 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 you pay up you've mm. got us into this debt and also what if we all stop paying taxes mm. um but also from this place okay, yes, we see, you know, the cost of living and everything, but also we don't have to buy into this reality of all oh, the cost of living and it's getting to us. What about if we divest from coals and woolies and we all go to our organic farmers and uplift them and shop local and we bulk buy? And again, it's like Pluto and Aquarius, we're thinking outside the box, we're mm -hmm. doing things differently and we're, just, we're giving a big fuck you to the system <laughs> um, and hopefully cause a collapse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think more and more people are doing that. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's happening and it's happening and it's happening. Like, um, and that it in itself is creating that ripple. It's creating that mm -hmm. along the way. Yeah. Mm. Rock the ripple, people. Rock the ripple. Game <laughs> on, baby. Far out. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, and, you know, something else that you do that I would love to learn a little bit more about is the flower essences. Mm. So tell me more. Amazing. Okay. So for those who aren't familiar with flower essences, they are a frequency medicine. So, so basically the, the method of, of flower essence making is, is that you take a flower in its peak bloom and you can tell this but just by looking at the plant when it just blooms it looks so perfect it looks very fresh and vital and it, you know with your physical eyes or with your third eye you can mm -hmm. if you look at the plant you can really see it just pulsating with life force it's a bit like when you look into the eyes of a child and they have that shen that life force pouring out of their eyes that's basically what a flower looks like in peak bloom and what you're doing is you're alchemizing with the sun and sometimes the moon um, and with water, because I'm sure your audience is aware, but I will just mention briefly that water holds memory and is a consciousness in itself. And so when you alchemize with the sun or moon, flowers and water, you're imprinting the highest vibrational frequency of that flower into the water and then you make a tincture from that so it's preserved and then you dilute that uh, that flower essence, that mother tincture we call it, um, into a couple of drops into a bottle and then that's further succussed with water to imprint its energetics, its highest vibrational frequency into that water. And then so it is a subtle frequency medicine. It's not, um, I wouldn't say, like a lot of people take it and not, really notice the effects but that's because they're maybe not journaling frequently they don't have a meditation practice so they're not consciously engaging in it but if they actually reflect on their thoughts and behaviors and shift in frequency the last couple of weeks 
on reflection, they are able to see that they have had a, had a frequency shift. And so what flower essences can do for you is, as I mentioned before, they're definitely a frequency medicine, but um, what they can do is, is they will bring up to the surface issues that you need to look at and help you process it in a very smooth and graceful way. So, I mean, I did say that flower essences can be subtle. They can also be not so subtle. So um, one of the first flower essences I ever made was Bluebell. And I built up a relationship for years with this plant before I approached it to make an essence um, because one of the things about flower essence making or potent flower essence making is that you should have an established relationship with that plant uh, because it is it is a conscious being. It's 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 a celestial being in in I don't want to say human form in in earthly form in the form of a flower. Mm. Um, it's blessed us here with its frequency and its presence. So from that place, um, it can. It, so sorry I'll get back to um, the bluebell flower essence so I took um, I ingested I think it was a teaspoon of this raw mother essence without oh, any dilution oh shit and I bawled my eyes out for an hour and a half mm. um, and I just could not stop crying and it was just an enormous enormous release and then from that release I was really joyful and playful because the en energetics of of bluebell is one to connect you into the fae realm and, and with the fairies but also to connect you into that childlike joy and wonderment and play and to not be so uptight and so work focused and to have a good work-life balance because if you are in that state of play and relaxation that's when your brilliant ideas drop in mm. So yeah, it, it's just a, it's a beautiful modality. So it can be, I'd say you can certainly feel the effects almost immediately. Like Snapdragon is a flower essence I work with a lot, especially when anger comes up and, whew, and, it, and, it's, and it's a bit too intense and you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm not shifting through this. And, and anger is, anger is a really beautiful emotion because it's showing us where our boundaries are have been crossed it's it's an alarm system it's not anything to be feared it's just you don't want to stay in anger as I said because it can create entities if you stay there for days on end mm -hmm. um, you know, in a constant state but snapdragon is wonderful for helping you to recognize the source of your anger and to deal with it smoothly so flower essences are there to really support you in working consciously with your healing practice and healing journey rather than just being a victim to circumstances or, or for example, let's say you have stage fright or a fear of speaking or um, you're extremely self-focused and you don't really think about others. Um, flower essences can be really beautiful for that. Mm. Um, the way I, I make flower essences is, or the way I blend and formulate flower essences is that I do do single remedies for people, but I am finding more so these days it's very much an alchemical process for me where I really sip the flowers and they tell me a story. And from there I'm formulating something that, so someone might come to me for a consultation and they're telling me what's going on in their life. And I'm like, yep, yep, yep. I hear all of that. And I take my notes and then I go to all of my flower essences and they're like, yeah, we hear that story, but this is actually the real issue. And if we address this, mm -hmm. then all of those issues resolve themselves. And that's also the way I work in tarot as well. Someone will come to me about relationships. I'm like, actually, it's your finances that need addressing. When you address that, the relationship resolves itself. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's about 
you know, if you look at German new medicine or the law of correspondence, law of cause and effect, you can see that when you get down to the core reasoning of, of why this illness or this imbalance has occurred and you address it, either with its polarity or similar, the law of opposites or the law of similars, mm. you can create, again, that really beautiful fr frequency shift and then everything is harmonised and then you're creating that har a, a, a resonant harmonic frequency rather than being a, a, a place of discord for mm. others to be around. Yeah, you're balanced. You come back into balance, don't you? Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. And when you're talking about the flower essences and how you do it, it's sort of a little bit similar to homeopathy in a way. It's, yeah. They're very similar, yeah, and especially in the – and it's the same sim – it's basically the same thing in that dilution process. So it's not about mm. taking big doses because you actually do want to dilute it. And sometimes when I'm making a flower essence, I might ac accidentally um, fill it up with alcohol and it might spill over. And so you're like, oh, no, like some of the medicines come out. But that's actually a good thing because what I find is that that person might be particularly stubborn. So you actually need a very um, – a very you need a big dilution because you want that frequency medicine to go in at a cellular level. So you want it to kind of penetrate even, even smaller than the cell to be able to pass through and do its magic. Mm, yeah. And so, it's, it's just nuts though, because like, I mean, I've done a lot of homeopathy and it's, you just think these two little drops, but if you aggravate, if like you said, if you have too much, like you go, yeah, that shit yeah. really does work. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. And you can yeah. feel it and you can, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it can be very intense. Like, for example, um, oh, God, uh, what was I going to say? I made a flower essence recently on the new moon, uh, sorry, the full moon in Cancer, and I made it with a queen of the night flower, um, cactus flower, mm -hmm. and it only blooms at night. So you know how I was saying before about how we mostly use the sun to alchemize flower essences in this case, we use the moon because um, the cactus flower is only, it only blooms at night and then it, it dies and closes in the morning. Mm. Um, and so I alchemized it with the, with the frequency of the moon. But what I also did was I collected some of that water and I froze it using Beta Austin's oh, crystal yeah. technique. And what was amazing is that in the image of the ice, there was a perfect flower you could very clearly see the cactus flower and it took up the whole uh petri dish wow that's so cool she's got some incredible yeah. uh stuff it's just mind-blowing isn't it yeah it's it's absolutely amazing her her work i you know we talk about um dr maso and moto but mm. i feel like Vader's definitely um not only taken his work but she's pioneering even a new method and it's yeah it it really benefits us all. And it's also a really beautiful way to introduce muggles or normies, whatever you want to call them, to this process and show you that water has a consciousness. And also we are 80, 90% water. So what are you programming yourself with? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Like when you're drinking the water, don't drink angry. What's the old wives tale? Don't drink angry because you're putting that in your system. Drink I, with love, baby. I, I always think about that. Um, even... Um, for example, if my housemate's talking to me and I'm pouring myself a cup of water and she's complaining, I'll cover my glass and I'll focus on on pouring my light into that glass. Um, I love it. Things like that, just to 
protect it. And then once, you know, the conversation's over, I will reprogram the water um, very consciously before I drink it. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. That's all, And that's why, like, you know, you can put words on your water bottle, you know, yeah. whatever you want to be, abundance, love, health. Or even, even um, you know, for example, in this conversation that we're having, I've got two. Um, I noticed that. I was like. <laughs> it's just to keep my, my vocal cords moist. But um, um, actually, I'm going to take a sip. Yeah, go for it. I will too. Um, so during this conversation, all of this water is, is absorbing our conversation. So what I say to students at the start of our call is have a have a glass of water there, like a plain glass of water, so that it's absorbing everything that we've learned today. And then you can drink it so that you're literally digesting and alchemizing into your cells what it is that we've discussed. Mm, love that. Oh, that's so cool. I think because I'm always drinking while I'm talking on the podcast like I always have to have like I must be naturally doing it but yeah, yeah you're, that's you're cool naturally alchemizing it and integrating the call so that's really cool yeah that is awesome very cool mm -hmm. oh what else what else um I don't know how how long have we been talking maybe we might have been an hour I mean um is there anything else on your heart that you want to share don't sleep on don't sleep on this year like I, I was really speaking to forza or courage. This is such a beautiful time for you to step up into your life, whatever it is. Give me a second. <clears throat> this is a year for you. It, let's say I like this is going to be a big year for entrepreneurs. If you're wanting to step up, especially again, divesting, decentralizing from the system, like creating our own way of doing things, pioneering the new way forward, especially because we have the North Node in Aries right now. We're very, it's, it's favorable for us to be pioneering new techniques, new ways of living, prioritizing ourselves and pioneering a new way forward. But this is not the year to sit back and say, and be too afraid to act and also to not deal with your stuff. I, I made that, that point before that, we really need to clean up our side of the street in order to truly be conscious creators of our reality and of our future because Aquarius is all about future thinking and Pluto's and Aquarius is this reckoning. You know, there's a lot of chaos going around, but I feel like because we've been born into this time, it's up to us and especially everybody watching this, mm. I charge you with the call to be a conscious creator of your reality and get your ass up off the couch or up of your seat and change your life and be the change you want to see in the world. This is not the time to play it small. Have courage. Believe in yourself and what it is. There's something in your heart that wants to emerge. Listen to it and follow it. Don't, don't wait. Mm. If you do, you will sorely regret it and you'll be on that conveyor belt sorely regretting, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that you didn't act this year, mm -hmm. it's not the time to play it small. It's not the time to sit on the sidelines. It's a time to show up, to be brave, to say what needs to be said, do what needs to be done and listen to the call in your heart mm -hmm. of, of your purpose and listen to it and not get distracted by the bullshit because there's going to be, I mean, we, I think we've kept this fairly light. We all know that there's going to be some hectic things happening this year, but it is vital that you know yourself 
and you come back to yourself and you have courage. This is why, you know, again, with that shadow work aspect, you need to understand yourself full spectrum, not just, oh, the love and light side of me, Mm -hmm. all aspects, all facets of yourself. Then from that place, you can create magic and be a, a true conscious creator of your reality. Mic drop. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You're speaking my language, woman. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I always say, I was like, oh, I've said that. I said that. But it's true. If you've got something in your heart, it is now, it is time to bloody get it out there and just do it. Like getting come here. Purpose. Exactly. It's it, like, and the thing is, is like, it's shameful to not live your purpose. It's a massive waste of life. You dishonor your ancestors, you dishonor your descendants by by not living your life to the fullest Mm. and living your purpose. We all came here with a purpose. Mm. That's why I love working, you know, with my totem so much and understanding the cycles of time I was born into because I know myself Mm. intimately, deeply. And that also means is like when you know yourself, you can't be played. And, mm. and this year, there are going to be many attempts as the curtain falls, as people, people are going to lose their minds this year from, from the massive um, collapse and, and the, sh- the radical shifts in, in paradigms that we're going to see. People mm. are going to lose their minds because they've invested so deeply in it. Mm. And so that's why it's important. People like us, everybody watching, you hold that coherent frequency so that you can uplift these people who are losing it. Without going in and saving them, that's not our job, but also to assist the collective in uplifting them and bringing them into that new earth. I, I, it's interesting phrase, um, mm. but I guess I'm not going to use the word new earth, actually. What I want to say is, is, again, being a conscious creator of our reality and creating something positive for the collective and for the earth. Mm. Yeah, well said. Well said. And your totem as well. That's a magpie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I remember hearing that uh, again, Dalamads, that was an awesome conversation. Um, and what does, I mean, do you want to quickly talk about that before we wrap up? Just um, Yeah. Um, really what would you like me to talk about specifically? Because I could talk like for an hour or more. Well, I guess, like, I guess, um, you know, the, the thing with the totem is if people are, I guess, people recognizing um, what theirs are, and obviously it brings in something, but it's not the end all be all either, but it helps. No. It's a layer that helps um, with how you see yourself and navigate the world in a way, isn't it? Yeah. So first thing I want to say about a totem is it's not, it's not dissimilar to a spirit animal, but we're not approaching it as like, oh, it's my spirit animal. Mm. It's more so like, to have a totem means that you are charged with responsibility. That's what it means first and foremost. And it means that you are charged with the responsibility of looking after the environment of your totem. That's why Australia has is split up into so many small tribal groups. Mm-hmm. It's not like, um, you know, New Zealand with the Maori people, um, you know, this continent is much larger. And the reason why we have these small tribes is because they all need to look after a section of country that is ruled by that totem. Mm. So the purpose of totems is essentially to look after, to know your purpose and to know what it is that you're meant to look after in this life. So for me, my totem is a magpie. So it's my responsibility to look after the magpie's habitat, which is trees, sky and soil, because Mm. magpies are digging into the soil, you know, looking for worms and, and insects. So 
people spraying pesticides, um, you know, that getting into their, their beaks and then causing deformities or even people, you know, not feeding um, magpies the right foods, like feeding them raw mince or, or bread. And it's like they need, uh, they need uh, worms or insects. Mm. Um, you know, looking after the sky. Okay, how about the towers and, and those harp frequencies and the spraying from the cloud seeding, mm. things like that. Um, trees, the logging of trees. Looking, protecting our trees. I'm, I'm a huge tree person. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so essentially, like as far as how people can connect to their totem, that's a, that's a very like that's a huge journey of of self discovery. But mm. in short, I guess a few quick tips is to think about a, an Australian animal that you really resonate with, that even you're drawn to or attracted to first and foremost. And then look at the qualities of and look at the qualities and the temperament of that animal. So for me, I was looking at the magpie um, <laughs> and the reason why I could connect it to myself for many, many reasons. But one is I, I, I was reading into the Dreamtime story of magpies. And so I read across this from multiple perspectives, but I looked at it um, from the Wajak Noongar perspective, which is where I was born and where I currently live. Mm -hmm. And the Noongar um, story of the magpies very briefly is, is in the time when before the sun rose, when the land was very flat, the sky was very close to the earth and everybody crawled on their bellies, including magpies. Mm -hmm. So no, nobody could stand up. And the magpies all got together and they got big sticks and they worked together to prop up the sky. And then when the sky threatened to fall, they got even bigger sticks and they worked together and then they lifted the sky up and then the sun rose and they all sang in chorus, uh, caroling at their success. And so when I look at that story, I understand my purpose because I see that it's up to us collectively to have one song, to work together for mm -hmm. a common cause, to lift up that sky, to bring the sun in, to bring that illumination in for everybody to bring in the sun and that life force so that everybody can enjoy it so that people are standing up rather than crawling around suffering. Yeah, so love that. Very short, brief description of, but look into those temperaments and it uh, it's part instinct and part research. Mm. Listen to your intuition and then do your research, re like look into that their habitat look at their temperament, look into their dream time stories and connect it up that way. Like, you know, I can even see it reflected in my chart. So um, in my my rising or my ascendant is Leo rising and that is ruled by the sun. And mm -hmm. that is that rising, so that horizontal. So it, it speaks to the sun and magpie is, I guess its planetary ruler is the sun. So, and so is my chart ruler. So yeah. Even just little things like that. And, you know, I can even pick it for other people. Like my partner, um, he's an eagle, a wedge-tailed eagle, um, thing, things like that. So, yeah, it, it's such a fun journey. I love um, figuring out people's totems. Mm. So people, well, okay, so let's go to that. So how can people work with you? And when they do work with you, is that something that you can help with them, uh, them with as well? Yes. Yeah, so I guess working with me, um, I... Classically, what I do is I offer tarot readings um, and, and also astrology readings. Um, that's kind of like a, 
a cover for all the magical things that happen in that space. We do deep energy work as well. Um, But as far as figuring out your totem, I am putting together a course called Homecoming where we we dive into the totems and we're really diving into our purpose, coming back into our bodies, coming home to ourselves. And Mm -hmm. then from that place, we can create magic and really walk in alignment with the earth and with purpose. Because I think a lot of people are walking around directionless. Like a lot of people, a lot of my work is people at a crossroads, they're feeling directionless, lost. Uh, They've been heavily influenced by everybody else. And so it's my job to bring people back to themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can find their purpose. And this is also part of my magpie totem. It's helping people figure out their purpose so that we can all lift up the sky. And lifting up the sky means that I'm here to empower people and and lift them up and encourage them. I don't hold a lot of jealousy for people. I want to see everybody succeed because Mm. magpies are the symbol of success. Mm. Like it is my deepest wish to see everybody succeed because when we all succeed, it's that frequency shift, right? Yeah. And the, the huge paradigm shift where we we bring about new earth. But um, as far as working with me further, um, so I offer tarot, psychic medium, astrology readings. I have my homecoming course. I have my workshop coming up this Wednesday on the 17th. Um, so that's going to be a really potent 2024 transmission, one hell of a motivational kick up the bum and also a really potent activation to just catapult you into this year. Um, I'm also putting together a another round of my tarot course. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be released February or March. And that's called Choose Your Own Adventure. And it's the way I teach tarot is I teach it from, I've been studying it for 20 years. So I have a lot of experience. I've seen thousands of clients. And the way I teach this course is I teach it from the perspective of reading it intuitively breaking down the symbolisms looking at the numerology the astrology and from there being able to choose which way you you interpret the cards whilst also strongly listening to your intuition it's a big there's a big emphasis on coming back to your own wisdom Mm. and and empowerment and in that course as with everything I do I I say I offer one thing but it actually does so much deeper like with the flower essence work it's and also I offer flower essences which I should probably mention that as well um yeah so I I do a lot of things yeah no it's awesome you do and uh we'll link all of these links um in the description or show notes so wherever you're listening or uh listening to or watching this um just head to this description so you can connect with your fabulous self so we'll have your um special workshop that's coming up was it the 24th did you say Uh, the 17th 17th i don't know where i got that number from (laughs) so it's the 17th i'll pop that in the description as well um and oh how can people find you online by the way so um, you can find me at truenorthwitch.com and you can also find me via Instagram also at truenorthwitch. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. It has been so incredible chatting with you today, Sophia. Thank you for all your wisdom and insights and just all the good stuff. I've loved it. Uh, you're at home or wherever you're listening to this, I'm sure you've loved it too. So uh, feel free to give it a like, share, subscribe, um, do all that sort of stuff. Um, and thank you for being here with us as well too. But Sophia, just thanks again for being here. Thank you so much, Narita. This has been so much fun and yeah, just a really enlightening, powerful conversation. Mm. Thanks, mate.